Mmm. There's a theme song that everyone yeah. loves. Mmm. Where's my snare? That's a good snare, right? I'm mm. proud of that. I like it. Mmm. It's a it's like a meme, you know, where people complain about their snares always sounding horrible. Right, um, right. They're in snares. But that's pretty good. Yep. Uh, so welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. A podcast all about games, music, video games, and video game music. And I'm Rob Nichols. And I'm eating celery. That's Purnell. He's going to eat celery away from the microphone. <laughs> Depending. So, I'm a rebel, Dottie. I'm a rebel. We only we like crunchy tunes, not, not crunchy <laughs> anything else. Yes. I learned by listening to you guys describe your music with food that worth describe food okay that's right we're gonna have to do that this whole episode so this whole tasty. Ep- this whole episode is tasty jams that give you the stank face mm. is that the full name no it's just stank face <laughs> um and with us we have bruce irons of the mad gear what's going on hey good put, to be here put it in high right, good 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 to be here good to be here <laughs> yeah so the first question for Bruce Irons, what is your favorite type of pipe to use when <laughs> when someone when you need to give someone the 411? Lead, son. <laughs> I mean, I look, look, it's it's a I'm doing double good here because I'm I'm bashing somebody that had it coming. But also we need to get the, rid of those lead pipes. We need to get them out of the system. That's right. We that's need right. to replace them with something that's not going to, you know, hurt people. So That's right. I, I'm 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 a do-gooder that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like a it's like a lead pipe recycling program. You know, you give it back to the police. The police will then recycle the lead pipes. But it's also good for the environment. Oh right? no no no! Police! No, we're not bringing the police in. All this. This is a street battle between street guys. Okay. That's right. Yeah. If a, if the police get it, they get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. They're probably corrupt <laughs> the at head. the time. You know how those games work. Yeah. They're just another gang. Except streets are raged. In which case, they're just they don't, they don't have what it takes to go above the law. Yeah, yeah, and shoot rockets at your for a clear screen of that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I'm voting Axel for uh, so Axel or Alex. Axel. Yes, Axel. <laughs> Axel, Axel, right? Yeah. Probably in Europe, he's Alex. Alex. Oh, okay, then it's going to be Cody. There Cody, Cody for president. That's vital fight. 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, he is. Well, he's pre- he could didn't he become president or did he stop at mayor? I think he stopped at the mayor. Think he dressed up really nicely for Street Fighter Five, but I mean, he still had that knife. Nah, yeah, yeah, we did have the knife. He yeah. totally had the knife. Totally had the knife. Um, yeah, Cody, 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 get- all over the place. Not that step by step Cody. No, we talking about the real Cody. <laughs> that that guy could fight <laughs> every Cody time. Could. Every time it comes back to uh, TGIF, <laughs> it has to. It absolutely has yep. to. By God, I can't wait for the tangent episode. It's going to happen. Well, I mean, we should probably start with that. So, what's your favorite? Um, uh, what's your favorite on the lineup of the of the 1990s TGIF block? Me? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say. Can I just say the experience of watching <laughs> no! family Cop out. on Fridays? Cop okay, out. I, I will say it's, it's probably step by step, just because I really liked the theme song. It was pretty good. It was and I, and I feel like in the opening um, montage, there was what, the like the dumb guy. They show the dumb guy, and he had a Cody, uh, right? Like cheese on his head. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A cheese hat. Does this sound right? 
Yeah. Um, so that's the one that's sticking out to me. Mm. Sister, sister, also solid programming. Okay. I mean, those are the those are the mm. two that stick out to me. Step right. by step just blew my mind because you had these two parents who neither of their careers actually pulled in tons of money, and they raised six kids and a maid, and they all went to the amusement park and could afford the cost. And they all lived in one house. In one house, <laughs> and no one died. Well, you I, know what? I don't think you ever saw their bedrooms, <laughs> so it was probably all like all of them like sleeping in one room. No, they totally did. I think yeah. at one uh, point they just had like. Two to three of the girls in one bedroom, and uh, two to three of the boys in another room, and mm-hmm. then eventually there was like episodes. At least there was like one or two episodes where like they were fighting for who gets the one bedroom. You know how they do. On we're gonna shows. get to the bottom of yeah. this. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. the adventure. Yeah. So also, one thing I want to bring up before we go too far into the show. Yes. So we actually had a comment on a Facebook message or Facebook page, Facebook YouTube page, and it made more sense to respond to it verbally than by text because I suck at text but I'm great at speaking sometimes not all the time this time I will be anyway <laughs> you're you're losing it man that's true <laughs> not true <laughs> not true that's not- so this person he goes by jingo 78 and it was during an episode it's not relevant the comments was relevant he says you said someone got back into games at around this point in the show as in they left games and then got back into them I'm actually having a similar problem where I don't play games anymore. It's weird because I never thought I would ever stop being a gamer. I still buy games when I think that I think I would like if I wasn't having this problem. I think eventually I will get back into games. I do want to say that your podcast and how enthusiastic you are about games is gradually helping me get closer to getting back into them. It's as if the the idea, I like the idea of playing games, but can't get myself to actually play one. Does this sound weird? Does this happen to other people? And I'm going to read his last follow-up because he made that second response, Mm -hmm, too. mm -hmm. He said, so at some point, I'll probably start playing games again in response to something that Rob had said to him. He says, I'm over 40, and I played my first game on an Atari when I was 7 or 8. I really never thought that I would never stop playing games. I mean, I realize people's tastes change over time, but to just stop, it's more than a little concerning to me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring it up on the show because it Obviously, it's very similar to the predicament that I've dealt with in the past and a little in the present even, too. And I think it's something that's worth mentioning because I feel like a lot of people that listen to this might have a similar problem if they never say it. In which I feel like for a lot of people in the world, video games, most people even, video games are just that thing you do every once in a while to pass the time. Equivalent to just watching something on TV after dinner, you know, usual stuff. After TGIF. After TGIF. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. You got to calm down from all that. All that excitement. Like, you know. Watching Steve almost get shot by that bandito. No dice. Carl's on the job. <laughs> on Family Matters, 8.30 p.m. Um, But there's a specific set of people where gaming is less about being a hobby due to how much you're engaged in it. It becomes a part of your identity. Mm. So as to say... This is who I am. I'm Pernell. I play video games. This is what I do. So to have that moment in your life where suddenly you wake up and you're like, you know, I don't really feel like playing anything right now, or I'm not right quite feeling this game atmosphere that we're present in, it can come across as daunting because it's almost like you're losing a part of who you identify as and who you are. But with that said, it's worth remembering that despite the fact that you do take on this identification as a gamer or game-playing individual, it is still just a part of your identity, no matter how major it was. 
And if you're finding yourself in the predicament where you don't feel as though you have the wherewithal to press on and just play games out of enjoyment, put them on the side and use this opportunity to browse other would-be hobbies. Or if you don't have any, look into some random stuff. There's tons of things you could do out there that are so far removed from games that it would almost be perfect for you. Even if it's something as light as like, I'm gonna start going for more jogs or walks and taking in nature. Because the games, of course, keep us in the house a lot. Flip the script, go outside, get some air, you know, take it all in. And over time, what ends up happening, at least what happened with me, is that you don't really lose interest in board in video games and whatnot. You just get burned out because that is so much of what you do. Mm-hmm. And maybe something occurred in life or within the industry or within the hobby, the games you've been playing that just kind of hit that burnout point. We just kind of lost interest. But over time of absence, either that one game might pop up or you might just feel that absence made the heart grow fonder. And they might go, eh. I haven't played a game in like a month. I should just go ahead and boot some random little small time game up and just get a feel for it again. And it just typically just kind of works itself back into your life. Mm. But then one other thing worth mentioning in regards to that is that one thing that genuinely helped me out and you kind of touched on it in your reply to the show is the sense of community that you can have with gaming. So it doesn't always have to be that thing you do in your house and then when you turn the system off, that's it. Time to go do whatever else it is I'm doing for the day. Gaming can be a social thing, just like people used to talk about TV. Used to talk about TV shows. Like, what happened in the show? Do you see the part where the guy did the thing? Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and you know what? Not playing. Like, I don't play a lot right now. Not playing. It almost gets you more interested because I want to hear about like all these other things going on because there's not enough time in the day to play everything. That's for darn yeah. sure. There's too many good things out there to play. I'm... I'm prime example. I've played a ton over time. I've played I play less than I used to, but even at my peak of playing games, I could not engage everything I wanted to play, mm-hmm. hence the backlog of death that I got at my house. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. But there's something to be said, like in Rob's experience this many times on the show, like he just kinda pointed out, I'll be hanging out over here, whether for the show or not on the show. And like, what are you playing right now? I'm playing Waku Waku Desukai. And he's like, what the heck is that? I'm like, oh, it's that game where you're this little grape man who's trying to attack all the <laughs> apple people and save the orange princess. It's a great time. And you go down the line with him, and he's never played the game, but he's in, I'm enthusiastic about explaining it. He's enthusiastic about listening to it. And it's like, though he's not playing it, he's still getting a sort of passive experience through me. And if it sounds like something that he really, really likes the sound of, and this has happened like twice in our lives, he will say, you know what? I'm going to go look out and grab that game. I want to see what this is all about for myself. Maybe. <laughs> okay, one time in our lives. Uh, one time. But the point yeah. is, there you can totally just like just as well pass that experience to others passively or vice versa. And if it's mutual... You'll just discuss nuances of the game. Yeah, I think I think it's just it's it's also cautionary not to wrap up your wrap wrap up your identity so much into one single hobby. Oh yes. Um, uh, mm. uh, do you have any experience with this, Cam? <clears throat> Certainly. I yeah. mean, there there are definitely times where I felt yeah disinterested in in whatever hobby it might be. I tend to just cycle around. Yeah. Like I'll get really into whatever it might be. Like you know, let's say drumming, for instance. I have barely. You know, trying to trying to do so much of the other stuff, which I'll, we'll talk about at some point in the show, uh, the <laughs> Turbo City Guide and stuff. Like I've I've just really not wanted to play. 
I hadn't had time, but also just not wanted to play drums so much. But now, like, I'm circling back around to it just because I haven't done it in a while and I'm trying to, you know, get back into a regular routine and put in about 15 minutes a day or whatever. And it feels really good. And hey, part of that's due to my personality. Like, again, I kind of bounce from thing to thing. Um, but there are definitely times where I get worried where I'm like, oh, maybe I don't like this thing anymore. But I almost always circle around to it. And uh, just to reiterate what you were saying, it is very important not to wrap up your identity in um, not just your hobbies, but what you do. Like your your, it could be your job, it could be that mm-hmm. thing you're really good at, it could be so many things. Mm-hmm. But the but when you start to be like, well, this is what I am and what I do, that gets to be dangerous because there are there are certain points where you know you may want to give that up or you may have to give that up, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's important to stay I don't, flexible is one thing, but also, again, just kind of having a security in your identity that has nothing to do with um, uh, the things you fill your time with, I guess. That's right. Whether I'm Pernell master game player or Pernell expert hot dog eating competitor, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. still Pernell at my core. Yeah, I feel like, um, especially in America, we tend to idolize like masters in their fields or like geniuses in specific mm. things. Um, but I feel like what's really useful and what's really great about people is, you know, being interested in many different things and having a general knowledge you know being good at five things as, as opposed to like being expert at one thing um sure and i think that's that's really in, important you know in, in all aspects of your life um right so, so i thought maybe we could switch gears right here and well before we did let's just say this last oh, thing yes this was in remember <laughs> oh yeah advanced as an advanced ahead of the show <laughs> yeah this is uh this is your is your this is your cash advance on the uh Words of wisdom from Pernell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's switch gears here because you have been working on something pretty special, and I think we should tell everyone about it. I talked about it a lot last week and the week before, but I think we need to. We, you're here. You're yep, here. I am. You're clear. Am. The man is here. Mm-hmm. You don't want so. any more bears. You're clear for landing. No more bears. Let's do it. Get out of here, bears. <laughs> uh. Black ones, brown ones. Get out. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Enough about bears. Um,. Yeah, man, and it's it's. I've been working on it. You've been working on it. I mean, I've been staring um, at it. Yeah, yeah. Pernell's been saying, giving us the thumbs up from the corner, <laughs> which is always good. Um, but yeah, man, I've been working on this uh, animated thing for. Uh, I think we ca- I counted it up. It was about 18, 19 months, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just, like started kind of germinating in uh, May of twenty eighteen. But it's an animated show that's all done in pixel art. Um, it's called Turbo City Gaiden or Gaiden. I don't know. I kind of like either pronunciation. They're both kind of cool in their own way. Right. But um, it's the animated uh, adventures of, of, of the band I'm in, the Mad Gear. So us in pixelated form and us just, you know, going through our, uh, our normal Turbo City um, activities. Yeah, so Turbo City Gaiden, you can check out their Kickstarter. Uh, tell us about the Kickstarter. Yeah, we're we're trying to fund a full season of Turbo City Guide In. We've got a pilot episode out, which you can find on our YouTube page, youtubecom slash Gear. and um, <clears throat> and it just kind of shows like an example of kind of what we're going for. Um, future episodes will probably be a little bit longer and more action heavy, since you know it's a pilot episode. You got to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit. 
but yeah, you can head on down the and actually Rob's part of the Kickstarter process in that like included, you know, in our budget is him making additional games that go along with different episodes in the series. So um, to support that, you can just uh, look us up on Kickstarter and um, help us out. Like literally anything helps because Kickstarter's algorithms to an extent are based on your number of backers rather than, uh, you know, the dollar amount you've actually raised. So even if you can just get on there and throw a buck at it, that's going to be helpful. So, yeah, it's like a fun, it's like an adventure, but like, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not, it's not quite, it's, I don't want to say it's irreverent. It's just, I feel like you've created this, this universe where all of these like weird video game things are possible. And it's, it's, it's really exciting to me. It's a slice of life beat em up. (laughs) There you go. It's kind of like, it's sort of like a beat em up where you do have some fighting, but it's also like, well, what do they do the rest of the time when they're not, you know? prowling the streets and punching people in the face. I mean, that's, so, I mean, we know there's turkey ahead. in the cans, but how does it get in the cans? Who's cooking those turkeys? <laughs> right, right, exactly. All, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, I mean, I, I will say a big part of it has not been hitting people over the head with video games, video games. I mean, it's already pixel art and very much, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the music is like kind of chiptune-y. And, uh, but I didn't want everything to be like, Oh, I got a one up just now, or or whatever kind of video game reference I could make. I mean, I said instead of making video game references all the time, I was like, I'll put Sister Act in there. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> I really like six, Sister Act. Um, oh, I watched that recently. That that holds up. That's a good movie. Oh, dude, for sure, That's for a great sure. Movie. Yeah, the sequel I could take or leave, uh, but the yeah. original, I mean, I mean, is is gold. And. Uh, but yeah, man. So like along those lines, it's a it's a little more general pop culture than just video games. Like mm-hmm. I definitely wanted people to enjoy it, even if they didn't have it. You know, have all the, you know, that knowledge for the the reference base, I guess. But yeah, it's very much based in like kind of Saturday morning cartoons, um, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's definitely the like Saturday morning cartoons as you would remember them. You know, that kind of humor. Right. Yeah, which I really appreciate mm-hmm. very much. I just thought of something on a whim. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is on the show. People just hear me mention it. Due to the fact that we spoke this long in the normal sense, we should just throw random music over this segment too. Oh, actually, we're gonna have we're gonna have a. This is the, you're listening right now to a completely different song. <gasps> oh my gosh! But um, uh, <laughs> magic. It's just it's just a touch of love, oh. as as featured in the movie Sister Act. Yes. Sign me up and call me Butterbowl. Is that a line from the movie? I don't remember that being a line from the movie. <laughs> Depends. Did, did, you, <laughs> did, did Whoopi, you like it? Did, did Whoopi say that? Yes. No, it was it was Maggie Maggie Smith was uh, me uh, up and caught me a butterball. <laughs> Not a very good Maggie Smith impression, but you, uh, you know what? I can picture that pretty well though. That 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 did the trick. Um, I've, okay. I've also been watching um, a lot of classic Next Generation because uh, Star Trek Picard has been on the air and it's fantastic does it take place on earth it takes no it, well part of it i it, remember seeing like an image of still of it and they were like in a diner yeah it takes place all over all over the universe but he lives he 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 bought like a chateau and, and a vineyard in, in, in france and that's what he does but like he's 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 off on an adventure anyway but um it got me interested again in watching the original series and i, I love seeing whoopi goldberg in the, in the original series again, like did you hear so that good. hat? Which reminded yeah. me, did, did you did you hear that he mentioned that he he basically invited her back for season two of Picard? Oh man, that would be so good because she was so important to that show. Like they had a 
we got to get into the show soon, but they, they had a counselor on the show, Deanna Troy. But like, she, I felt like she couldn't speak to the humans with authority the way Whoopi Goldberg's character could. And she wasn't human. She was like this super long lived, like really um, uh, wise person who just knew a whole lot about human behavior and was so good with everybody on the show. So she, was she just really good at code switching? Yeah, I think so. She grounded the show. She she became like kind of the filter in which like we could view these these people's lives. Oh, cool. Um, anyway, go back and watch season four of Next Generation because it's so good. It's, if you don't know who the characters are, all you need to remember is that they live in space. They live in space. Wow! <laughs> okay. I mean, we, Rob, we do have to rewind for a second because we 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 didn't, and this is my fault, but we didn't mention the game because... Oh, oh don't rewind. It'll come up later. <laughs> we'll just talk about okay. it. You'll get a double dose of no, Bruce Science. We, yeah, yeah. We, we just won't stop talking about it. We, <laughs> we can talk a little bit about, like, some of, like, maybe I'd like to know some of your process a little bit, and I can talk about the game and, and how that came about um, sure. as we're listening to some music. So let's let's talk about our topic. Our topic um, is stank face jams. I had no mm-hmm. idea what this was until and they told me. So tell tell me what that means to you, Cam. Uh, well, I was just thinking about there's this one track, and I it's really one of my favorite all time VGM tracks. So I'm embarrassed that I always get confused on whether it's level four, or level level five. I think it's level five, but it's from Bloody Wolf for the Turbo Graphics 16. Yeah, and one. it just every time it comes on, like I start doing this little like my face gets all like i get like a it's like a weird if you know stank face when you see it it's kind of like you smell something bad but you love it <laughs> like i love how bad this smells and and, and you kind of I like just made your head face. starts to okay good good i mean i'm assuming the the uh the cover art for this one is going to be amazing and we can have some stank faces on there to kind of illustrate what we're going what we're talking about yeah I think, but um yeah it's going to be it's going to be weird. It's going to be very strange. It's going to be one of the strangest okay. ones for sure. Okay, a lot of green wiggly lines to illustrate the, the stank. <laughs> so an earthbound but, but anyway, battle. I guess. Oh, Mr. definitely. Definitely. A <laughs> whole scratch Belch. and sniff. Yeah. Yeah, Master Belch. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah. It, and But anyway, I'm, I, that song just kind of makes me do like a little a little snaky kind of head motion and my shoulders start moving a little bit and I get the stank face on and I was just like, why don't we do something about stuff that kind of like gets you in the stank zone? Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's usually stuff that's a little bit on the slower end. Doesn't have to be, but it's just things that are a little bit funky, maybe. Yeah. Bass and, heavy. Uh, Real bass and I heard heavy. that loud and clear. Th- yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we're all at. So, um, oh, for, before we get started, that, that Bloody Wolf track, is that the one that's like, that, that has like that, that, that funky beat, that boom, ba-ba, ba-boom, boom. Yeah, it, it, it has, has like, like a glass smashing yeah, sound. Yeah, the glass shattering. <laughs> yeah, they played on And it was composed by the bad dudes, I think. Yeah, so they, you uh, just listened to stage dudes, five yeah. from the game Bloody Wolf, composed <laughs> by the bad dudes. Well, they, they, uh, Arranged by Cameron Child. They played it a That's lot right. on the Legacy Music Hour, and uh, okay. And I remember them playing like they just couldn't get over that. And I was like, "This is really good." Um, also, I just want to plug the la- the latest episode of the Legacy Music Hour. Go download that. They they have they Say the names. Gotta keep in the timeline. It's so funny. It's so funny. What it's, was it called? Oh, uh, thank you. It's called "You're Fired." Oh, and they play. Oh, is that how you that... tell me? Jeez, Rob, <laughs> you're fine. They, they, they play this song over and over again. That's super chill and super funky. And they're just like, "Hey, glad you came into my office. 
I see you've been coming in late. <laughs> and they're trying to like fire somebody in the coolest way possible. But anyway, go download that. Is, that. It, that's peak to me. That's peak legacy music hour really is when is. they get when they get caught up on these weird bits for like twenty minutes and just trying to like make each other laugh. It's, yeah, that's to me the best stuff. I really, I really, really liked it. I was, I was, at, I had to work on Saturday and I had my headphones on. And I was like working under a desk, and then all of a sudden, like they start doing that, and I just start laughing my head off. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah. All right, so your first stank face track. We all we all chose some pretty big tunes for the show. Mm. It's gonna be uh, some meat and potatoes. It's all over the place. So which what do you want to go with first? All right, this is uh, Slow Moon from Streets of Rage Two. This was released on the Sega Genesis, and it was composed by Yuzo Koshiro. On a, eat that peanut butter, baby. It's on a log. Frost's going to spit out his, his uh, celery. Right, oh, don't. You're listening to Slow Moon from Streets of Rage 2 on the Sega Genesis, composed by Yuso Koshiro. Yeah. Wow. This Every, every bit of this track is just, it reeks reeks of the fun. Yeah, it's yeah. so stanky. So stanky. <laughs> Straight monster. <laughs> That's a good pick. This is like so this is like some camembert you left out on the porch mm-hmm. after your wine and cheese party. Mm-hmm. It's not like July, but it's it's May, so it's a little hot. <laughs> and it, it just got a little funky overnight. Oh my gosh. The, but you um, can't stop sniffing. There's something about this no. track. The more you listen to it, the more the more you hear. I feel mm-hmm. like right before every new section of the song, there's like a little like like drum fill, or there's like a little like bridge of like of like a keyboard section. Something's always happening in this track. It's really interesting. Yeah, there's it is very layered. And as we were listening it to it to it just now, I was hearing that little doo doo beep 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 kind of like high pitch stuff. Yeah. But then there was another kind of thing that was a similar voice that was coming in under that. And I was thinking about how like you know you hear the bass, it's sort of that doo doo. And then there's the kind of clavichord kind of thing, like sort of Stevie Wonder sound and stuff. It's just, it's just so good. I never made that Stevie Wonder connection. What do you feel, Pernell? What do you feel? I definitely never caught that Stevie Wonder. Though I will say that I never really got so much of a feeling from a particular track when it comes to Streets of Rage Two. It's more like a boutique. So there's always a lot of discussion about. This, like, which, what is truly the best of the Streets of Rage games, you know? And everyone has their own personal take. Though I don't think I've ever met anyone that liked one the best. 
But mm. OST wise, I will say, even though three was the most experimental, mm. so I have I love it, but for a specific reason. Two as a boutique was probably the greatest of that whole set. And every track does its own little thing to the soundtrack as a whole. Mm. With this one being honestly oh, yeah. very sm- very nice. Yes. I'm the, tr- trying to remember what stage it was. I want to say it's the second one. This is like the um I'm not, this is not stank face. This is my stance face. I'm taking a stance. stance. I'm I think after after so many years of doing this show, I think the Streets of Rage Two is my favorite because not so much of the of what, the gameplay or music music wise. Okay. And maybe gameplay wise, but like all of there's like there's a smooth sound that Koshiro has like kind of woven into all the tracks. There's like some organs and there's some like violin kind of pads, and I'm really really into it. And and in Streets of Rage three, it's a little harsher. Yeah, it's very mm, experimental. Definitely. That's what I mean. Like I don't find my I never find myself thinking that it's like the best of the bunch, but I give it peak credit because of what it did with what he used like I know people who, I was one of those people now I think about the hate of the OST back in the day but listening to it now it's like my taste grew into that so like I listen to it now I'm like wait a minute this sounds like something I started listening to in the 2000s and now I like it you know whereas back then the only thing I liked from that OST is like the Poets 2 but um now that I still love the Poets 2 oh, yeah, holy yeah. pickles that track is amazing um but yeah like but Trees of Rage 2 from a from a standard standpoint and just general quality standpoint, I think it holds the torch. Mm. But at the same time, I don't think it diminishes three, despite the fact that two is as highly regarded as it is. Yeah, two is it's just Jimmy. It's Jimmy. It's Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Dog. Dreamers still um, my favorite on that. Yeah, OST Dreamers too. is a great, great one. Yeah, yeah Dreamers is a good one. I, I think it it definitely deserves its notoriety, and I feel like you could easily make the case that this is the best. That Streets of Rage Two may be the best console, sixteen bit console beat 'em up. I would just agree. because it's a full package. Yeah, the game like the game itself is so tight and perfect. Even though I I just played it recently, like I just played it for the first time, like two years ago it was like the very last thing i bought on the wii shop because i still had some points left over before they uh closed it mm-hmm. and um i was just like yeah this is really good and i'm you know i was a snes kid growing up so i totally missed out on streets of rage but um i mean the the style of the rest of the soundtrack isn't really my kind of thing like i i like dancing music but not necessarily dance music mm. like house music yeah. but it's just executed so well and it works really well within the game. Mm-hmm. And then, like, again, just the game itself is just super tight. And even though I will always, you know, Final Fight will always have my heart, like, uh, I just, I have a lot of respect for this game specifically just because it's it's just so perfect, you yep. know? One big thing to remember is, like, Final Fight was a, a port of the arcade. So it mm-hmm. was it was designed to just take your money. Mm-hmm. But Streets yeah, of Rage yeah. was made specifically for the console. So they, they designed mm-hmm. it in a way to be a little bit more fair so that you can play through the game without getting wrecked every second. Well, I find it funny exactly, say because yeah. my first thought immediately after you said it's like, Streets of Rage 3 was made for console, but they want you to feel like you're an arcade <laughs> because they just take, right. you take your life. Well, I feel like a, a late-era 16-bit generation games, like the rental market was destroying like the the sales of that does make sense that would have come out during the rental period yeah so um and and and, um turbo city gaiden the video game takes place in a rental shop 
That's exactly segway. Right. Oh, no, mercy. Uh, no, we'll segue. It later. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Thank you, Pernell. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Turbo City Guy Den. Get, get, go, go get it. <laughs> Be in a rental shop. Get the, feel the rush. All right. Um, let's just get on to some more music. Pernell, this is an odd episode, so you're the first one of the bunch. I'm the oddest dude in this side of River City Street. Stop stalling. I see mm-hmm. you on your phone. Oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so my first track <laughs> just comes from it. a game that I did not expect to like, but ended up genuinely enjoying. And when the when the I finally honed in on the fact that we're talking about funk tracks, this bad boy came immediately to mind. This comes from the game Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. The level title is called Dark Level Funk and is composed by Cody Wright. <laughs> Put your shoes back on, Rock, because we're back. (laughs) (laughs) You were listening to Dark Level Funk from the game Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, composed by Cody Wright. This track is out of sight. It has all the bright pieces to make you feel all right. I'm telling you, if you're listening to this, especially if you're listening to this in the car, rewind the episode, start it over again, and turn it up. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. This track, yeah. I love the fact that this track plays on the more annoying levels in Toe Jam and Earl, being the levels where they kind of put up like a fog of, I guess I could call it like a fog of war, since where you can't see a, too far out. Right. So you're highly susceptible to like distance attacks and craps. So it's very problematic. And yet, this is the best track in the game. So you kind of look forward to the harder levels <laughs> because you get to hear mm. this playing in the background oh, while you so, deal with them. So good. I so love it. If you yeah, listen, I was yeah. I was getting chills throughout. Like it just, I like all the breaks, even though they it, they weren't really like throwing you for a loop. Like when it would have those those little breaks where you kind of 
be floating for a second mm-hmm. and then it'd come back in. But when it came back in, it felt so good. Would you yeah. say it reminds you of like simple. the smell of someone leaving mayonnaise out in the sun for too long? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. But you still want to put it on a sandwich. Dang right. I want to do it. Now, this is someone playing the bass, but instead of a guitar pick, they're using a ham. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a whole ham. Hogging ham it up. Honey baked ham on that bass oh guitar. My gosh. This is crazy. Honey ham funk. Honey ham funk. This is so good. If you <laughs> if you listen really closely, the uh, the percussion sounds like um like Sega Genesis percussion. It's kind of crunchy. Mm. I bet that's what they were going yeah. for too, because you know, they were trying to emulate the sound from the original Toe Jam and Earl game. Because this whole project was like meant to elicit memories and feelings of playing that old game. What I liked is that it kind of a little bit quoted the the original version with that do 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't remember. I think it's the main Toe Jam and Earl theme that has that like mm. kind of lick in it. But you can definitely tell they're trying to reference it, and that you know this this composer definitely was studying the old stuff, trying to do his trying to do his own thing and succeeding, but like referencing the old stuff as yeah. well. You studied the old masters, and uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's so like that. That's good. This is a mm. this is a good one. Yeah, it's a fantastic good. <laughs> fantastic track. And the thing about like Toe Jam and other, I especially like because I didn't play the original Genesis one. And I'll admit the reason why was because back then visually it didn't look appealing. It looked slow, you know. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. But like I played this one and got a lot of enjoyment out of it. But the thing after it grew, it actually grew on me, and I came to really like it. But the thing that really shocked me is that aside from Rogue. Let's not go there because we know there's Rogan and his Rogue likes inspired yes. by Rogue. I feel like this is one of the one of, if not the first roguelike games to come out because this is a roguelike. Yeah, on, on the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It is. There are the random stages and, and items and stuff. But like, yeah, it's not it's not this weird system where the items are, you, you you don't know what they do. It's not quite that far. Right? No, yes, it is. Oh, it is. Didn't yeah, it? some of the boxes are question marks, and then you open them. It's like, oops, got the crappy thing. You're like, you right. never, you don't know. Sometimes that's see, that's it's very frustrating in that respect. I'll say. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good. So, um, I'm gonna bring us into another Sega Genesis jam. How about that? Is it? Yeah. Is it Marmalade? This is um no this this is uh, blueberry. Oh, good, that's good too. I, I, I actually it's tomato jam. Ew, now that's disgusting. This is different. So <laughs> new track. Tomato jam is just ketchup, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. but like with a little more sugar in it. So <laughs> <laughs> this is um I've never heard of this game until recently, and I just I've fallen in love with the soundtrack. Um, at the beginning of the episode, we were joking about uh, the snare and how the snares are, are really good sounding. This, this the drums in this this soundtrack are fantastic, and it's. Composed by Matt Furness on the Sega Genesis, so that that gives you a little taste of what we're going to be talking about. This is from the game. The full title is Bill's Tomato Game, mm. and it's just a puzzle game. And this is Theme Seven. Come along with the snare. Thank you. 
Seven from Bill's Tomato Game. I don't know who Bill is, but <laughs> Bill's Tomato Game for the Sega Genesis, and this is the one and only Matt Furness on the drums. Give him up. Get up. Give the drummer some. Give the drum some. <laughs> Matt Furness. Uh. Two time. Um, yeah, like I've never heard sampled drums this good on the Sega Genesis, other than mm-hmm. um, Streets of Rage before ever. And the Streets of Rage soundtrack is just sampling like 808 like drum machine hits but like really well this is like a full-on kit like it's a drum break or something and it the whole soundtrack is like it's almost just like this it's it's funky it's a little fast the bass is so so deep um and if you're listening to this episode in headphones you're welcome because the stereo effect is insane i'm sorry that it's not coming across to uh to cam here but um it's it's oh so that little it goes from side to side yeah it's like the, the second the second section of of the track where there's kind of an extra keyboard solo that's like kind of like a it's like um it's going left and right really hard mm. it's it's really crazy but um and the bass like this is really like to me what the sega genesis is best at is doing pure low sine wave like tones you know it's just like yeah. really like, they, they, they say genesis can't do it the uh the, the, i'm sorry this the super nintendo can't do it the, the the nintendo can't do it um this is like the one system that was like this is as low as you can go um and i imagine a lot of people playing this on their home televisions like like on their on their tvs didn't hear any of that because it's it's that low like it probably the millions of kids at home playing Bill's tomato game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know much about it. Pernod, are you looking at gameplay? I had to. I I never heard of this game in my life. I've never and... heard of it either. I was I was researching um, Matt Furness one day, and I was and I found it, and it's just fantastic. I'm not even sure if it was ever truly released as a game, but I can definitely say it looks pretty weird and cool. It's, it's uh... very strange. It's it's very much like um, uh, the the Incredible Machine. Yeah, yeah. But you're kind of making a Rube Goldberg, but. but tomatoes flying around to try to get tomatoes <laughs> okay. through saw okay. meat you try to get a living tomato through a sawmill and a factory and a bakery to save your tomato friend because that makes sense because that makes yeah. total sense we've all been there that one time for sure for me <laughs> mm-hmm. i gotta tell you it took a lot of retries but whew, i managed to pull it off hey you're a better man for it <laughs> a gloppier man for it too <laughs> <laughs> Better and gloppier. So this is a this is a good opportunity to talk a little bit uh, more about Turbo City Gaiden and or Gaiden or Gaiden and what <laughs> not not Gaiden. That's uh, like that's like how how the kids said Ninja Gaiden back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's and then you hear Gaiden later, and you're like, Gaiden sounds good. Yeah, like like it, it has a better ring to it. I think. Is it still Ryu or Ryu for you? Uh, I would. God, if you just ask, I, 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 I don't know because you asked me. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta. Um, I'll probably say Ryu. Yeah. I'll say Ryu. Yeah, I definitely say Ryu when I was a kid, though, for sure. <laughs> I said Ryu as a kid. I never said. I don't think I ever said Gully, though. I don't know who said Gully, but people were saying. This is a Gully. People, gully. I Ugh. never. Oh, I was Ugh. not. 
I, I don't get where the gully comes in. There's an eye. It's clearly an eye in there. If anything, I would just mispronounce it differently, but it wouldn't have been hey. gully. You guys remember that that uh, that Save the Earth movie, Fern Guile? Oh, Fern! Oh God, <laughs> Fern Guile! Oh, who, who doesn't miss Fern Guile? <laughs> Sonic Boom the Earth. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm imagining yeah, a, a, a tree with a tank top. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, so you came to me. Um, while back about doing a beat-em-up game for a series you wanted to do and mm-hmm. i think i was playing around with some ideas but i never really executed on it because i was kind of i was transitioning jobs and i wasn't i didn't want to really commit to anything right away well sure i think what happened was i was i had actually kind of dropped the idea for the series for a minute because i was waiting so long on artwork mm-hmm. that i my brain was like well i'm gonna try to think of something else and I started thinking about like games and you know maybe doing another Mad Gear game because we did one back in 2017 that's like very NES styled beat 'em up, yeah, very like straightforward kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, oh man, uh, uh, what I really want to do with a beat 'em up is what I still want to do with Rob eventually is like do kind of a gang fight situation where it's like a beat 'em up, but it's almost like team beat 'em up, and you it's it's you know like five versus six or it's like Crash or, the Boys. Or, I've never played Crash and the Boys, uh, but yeah, so I can't say either way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I mean, actually, the the closest thing that I've heard is like I was telling somebody else about the idea, and they said there's a game. Well, I have played it. It's called Little Fighter, and it's kind of similar in that you're like you're on a team and you're fighting a whole bunch of people. But anyway, I talked to Rob about that, and like he said, he was he was busy with um, some other stuff, and you know, nothing really. Not to interrupt your story, but. Um, but yeah, I think you weren't able to really do much with it at the time, so it just kind of, you know, that idea just sort of languished for a little while. Yeah. And uh, then I came back to you once the show had kind of gotten up and running. You know? Yeah, that's that's when I decided, like, yeah, you know, I want to do this and not what I'm doing. I want to do this more than I'm doing what I'm doing as like a career. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna <laughs> spend more time doing it. And then I was like, all right, let's let's just go. And you sent me some um, some preliminary artwork. They kind of put together into some demos, and I started working on game mechanics. And it's it's not perfect, it's not great, but I'm I'm really happy with how it looks because I mean it's supposed to be kind of fun and silly, and that's I think uh, that's what we've accomplished. Um, yeah, yeah, a- and I I wouldn't downplay the job he did because I I feel like for what it is that being a single screen brawler, like it feels it feels legitimate, like mm-hmm. it. And, you know, once we got into the later stages of development, I remember saying that to you, like, oh, now it feels like, yeah. uh, like a, like, you know, your classic 16, 8 bit brawler. And, uh, it, it really came together. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, adding the little polishes at the end and, 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 and updated artwork and stuff like that, things start to really come together, like adding menus and, and stuff. Mm. Um, it, that's never the fun stuff to program, but then when it all comes together, you kind of fall into like, like oh yeah, now that I can do this and this is going to look better and this is going to look better. But um, now I'm really yeah. excited about like the, the, the next games that, uh, that are going to come out. So if you go to check out the Kickstarter, the Mad Gears Kickstarter, um, you know, we'll have more of that and there's going to be much more like fighting mechanics you know, obstacles and you know 
physical challenges. And volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah, I, I want to do a volleyball game. Mad Gear <laughs> Extreme Volleyball would be so awesome. Yeah, I told him I wanted Dead or Alive, but with Mad Gear, so jiggle physics. <laughs> so in other words, like just just the Mad Gear, and we're all a little doughy, you know? <laughs> So we just kind of jiggle a little bit. You know how, like in um, double dribble, is it double dribble? No, no, no. In um, in Tech Mobile, like when like when you get a touchdown and the guys come up and they do a high five, I would mm-hmm. love if like after every score, like you could just have like the characters like the game would go into like this high res mode and you have like these guys high five <laughs> each other, but they're wearing like 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 uh, crop tops and stuff. Uh, the, it would be like a little, it'll yeah, like a little FMV movie. They just throw in a like really low res, like high re- high res for eight bit, but low res for twenty twenty, the year twenty twenty. Yeah, you know? man, that'd be so funny. Yeah, I would like that. That that and like the dating sim is really the two things kicking around in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dating sim, Magyar dating sim for sure. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm proud of it. We spent a lot of time onto it, uh, spent a lot of time in it, and. Um, and uh, yeah, so check it out. It's it's at um, uh, robnicholsgames.com, and all of my games are there, and the links are right there. So definitely, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, so we're back around to you, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Let me pull up my list because that's got all the composers on it. All right, this this is this is a banger. This is Opus 13 from Dracula X that came out on the Super Nintendo. Uh, this was composed by the Konami Kuheihai Club. Kukei. <laughs> How do you say it again? Kukihai. Uh, Kukeheia. Kukei. I think it's Kukei. I don't know. Kukei. I think it's. I think it's Konami Kukeihai Club. Kukeihai yeah. Club. It's like the Konami like two square wave club. Yeah. Right. They're they're house people. Yeah. Uh, their house band, to, which who is which is comprised of Tomoyo Tomita, uh, Masanari Iwata, Harumi Ueko, and Masashiko Kimura. is opus 13 from the game dracula x also known as rondo of blood this is for the super nintendo composed by konami by, by uh, it was composed by the konami kukahea club of tamoya tamida masanari iwata rumi ueko and masahiko kamara the konami in-house band and yeah every song we've been playing today i'm just 
going, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> what is happening Hold here? Up. This, I, I'm really happy with Hold this up. with this subject. I feel like it just it, it makes you pick good stuff. How are you not going to? Mm. This, is a, this is a topic that I didn't expect to be able to do all right with. Because, quite frankly, while I do like funk music, funk is not usually what I hold on to when I walk away from a game. It's usually just something that sounds good in the moment. But I was shocked. I was able to rummage. Yeah. Man, did I rummage. I wasn't expecting... I found some good tracks. wasn't expecting funk from Castlevania. Oh! Yeah. They don't... They yeah, don't and that's what... This, who who said uh, Castlevania meets Janet Jackson? Yeah, that was, that was Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is exactly right. That's probably why I love this track so much, because it feels like 90s pop. Yeah, and that's just—I mean, I can't help myself. I was a huge Michael Jackson fan when I was like seven years old, and you know, it's—it just really hits me in that spot. And the bass in this one, especially, is what feels so '90s. That like sliding, <laughs> like kind of synth bass—it's just so delicious. There's um and yeah, um, yeah go there, ahead. There, I'm sorry. There's not a lot of Super Nintendo tracks that have um, really clear bass like this. I feel like, like really mm. clear notes and, um, and good high end, like the hi-hats and like the drum section, they're not, they're, they're not muffled. You know, they're very clear. You, you don't get that clarity that often on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like there's uh, like you mentioned, Rondo Blood came out on the Turbo uh, Graphic 16, which I think it was the Turbo CD or something. Yeah. It was a duo release. Oh, it, was, it wasn't a, um, a Hugh card like no, soundtrack. No. It was Super CD too. Ooh. Okay, yeah, so, and it's yeah. and so the that version of the soundtrack is very like quote unquote high res, but like I just I don't like it as much. It's not super different, but I feel like it's got a little too much going on. Um, like it, the, for some reason, the Super Nintendo one just sounds more clear uh, as to what it's trying to do. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it just it, this one has a specific sound that you don't really hear a lot on the Super Nintendo, like you said, and it's a little more synth based as opposed to like real band based. And I just feel like it it just they killed it. Like it just sounds so good. It's very good. They killed it, bit it in the neck, <laughs> resurrected mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and then it ravaged and pillaged the nearby town. Mm-hmm. Every hundred years the yeah. soundtrack to Rondo of Blood rises once again. And man does it suck. Wait, guys <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. I get it, I get it. <laughs> oh, this is this is a this is a really Really good track. I again, I've never really explored uh, this soundtrack specifically. I always think of just like Castlevania Four, and I think of um, uh, Symphony of the Night. I always forget about this one. I think it's good to check it out. I think this is the only one that's quite this far in this direction. Um, but the rest of the soundtrack is definitely solid. I think a lot of people were brought back onto this because of Symphony of the Night, though, since that's sort of like a sequel to yep. This World's Castlevania. Oh, I see. So it's a lot of people are like, wait a minute, who's this? Who's Maria? Where's she come from? Oh, there's this whole game over here. You've never played mm-hmm. it. And then people mm-hmm. went back. And that, how Richter went from kind of like super anime, which I guess is more canon now because now that he's in Smash, he they went with the Dracula X slash Rondo of Blood look rather than the Symphony of the Night look where he looks like, you know, fancy sailor pirate man. <laughs> which I'm I'm for I'm for that too, but it's definitely a very different look. I thought they were fairly similar. I have to go back and check because I know it was like a because like they're you know that first they're small they're pretty small because it was that opening scene from well I mean I mean more the uh, the if you look at the cover art of Dracula oh, X and, com- okay. and compare that to art yes yes sorry if I wasn't clear so the the character like the the title or sorry the box art 
for Dracula X or Rondo of Blood, mm-hmm. and look at that next to the like the portrait drawing of um, of Richter. They're they're very different like styles. So you're saying the Dracula X Super Nintendo cover? Yes, it's very like anime, like um, uh, with the kind of uh, yeah the spiky hair and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. Whereas the the art for Symphony of the Night. I mean, it's kind of iconic now, and it kind of became the look of Castlevania for a little while, but it's very, like, everyone looks a little more, I don't know, like, it's more realistic, but everybody kind of has a more feminine look to them. Oh, no, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about now, for sure. Okay, yeah, that's um, uh, Ayami Kojima. Um, I thought it was somebody else. I, I, I always associate that look with the um, the artist of, like, Final Fantasy VI. You know, yes, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You're yeah, I, I don't, Mama. I don't, I don't know the name, but it's very like wispy kind of and yeah. ethereal. Like it's, it's not very defined as opposed to the anime one where it's all like, you yeah. know, very defined. Yeah, super hard edge. But yeah, you said it was Yoshitaka yeah. Amano. Yes, yes, that's that's who it is. Um, I love love that art style. The there was that there was that one, um, vampire anime, right? Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, that D? was him. Yeah, yeah. Vampire Hunter C. No, 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 no. That's hepatitis C. You got it backwards. <laughs> but like, Don't not suck a- that blood. <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> but then, like, Yoshitaka Amano's art is so interesting because, like, on one hand, he can do his style, but it's very expressive, and you can just you can look at it and clearly see what you're looking at. But then sometimes he just goes like crazy avant garde, and it's almost like he just dropped his bucket of paint on the floor. And you're like, okay. There's a lot of black swirls going on here. Is this a vampire or is this an actual moon? I don't know what I'm looking at, but it does look appealing. Whatever it is, yeah, it definitely goes abstract. But yeah, it's yeah, it definitely has a yeah, like a dreamlike kind of look to it, which I I, I would mm-hmm. like about Final Fantasy. Like I feel like that all fit together really well. I would love for, for Final Fantasy like the newer games to kind of maybe look back to that style a little bit more. Yeah. I, I think there was a particular specific reason why he stopped doing art for those games. Uh, I'll have to look it up one day. I, uh, my, I don't know. I'm hoping it's not horrible, but the, um, the, 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 the <laughs> I just, I just hope it's not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was like creative differences or something. Oh, all of our heroes. Um, anyway, so the, but then the, the artists now, the ones who did like, um, the world ends with you and, um, that's Tetsuya Nomura. Yeah. Tetsuya Nomura. Cause it's all, it's all leather and buckles and zippers and, and zippers. And I feel like Final Fantasy is zippers. Like that's what it is now. We're not talking mm. Rescue Rangers zipper. We're and talking <laughs> actual apparel zippers. And I'm into it. But we're not talking. We're not talking squirrel nut here. <laughs> the squirrel nut zippers. Oh my gosh. But I I feel like I would love to see some more games look back to that style. It's kind of that that high fantasy, dreamlike. You know, I mean, sure, like a lot of the, the, the characters had feminine, more feminine features, but I, I really liked that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't mean that as a drag on it at all. And no, when I say not. feminine, I, mean, I guess it's more like androgynous. Like, yes, it, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, but, um, but yeah, as a kid, I wasn't crazy about it. Be, if we were like comparing Chrono Trigger to Final Fantasy, I definitely would have told you I like Chrono Trigger better. But but then again, I was a kid, and um, hey, did you, you like know, Dragon maybe... Ball? Because that might be partly it too. Yeah, you're the well, name with that... all the Japanese names. Who did the art for Dragon Ball and Akira Toriyama? Akira Toriyama, Toriyama. Yes. Toriyomo, <laughs> the, the Toriyomo. Konami Koheihai Club. <laughs> <laughs> they can um, draw and they can jail. Well, that's the thing. I think I I think it was the other way around. I like Dragon Ball subconsciously because of Chrono Trigger, and it oh, took yeah. me a while to put it together and be like, because this is before the internet. Well, before the internet proper, but like. Mm. Um, I didn't. I, I. It took me a few years to put it together. To be like, oh, that's why Balma looks exactly like Luca, you know, because uh, it's the same artist. But um, 
but yeah I definitely appreciate the more ethereal kind of style of those early Final Fantasy games now more so than I did when I was a kid. And trust me, I can, I can totally understand the whole like art comparison thing. Don't get me started on Garbage Pail Kid art comparison because I'll take us home. <laughs> I, I, I have a whole st- other podcast. I have a story for you about Garbage Pail Kids. Surprise! I don't know how it, it's incredible this came up with, without you in the conversation. Probably. I'm yeah, I'm definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. So let's go on to your second track. All right. So, my next track is one that, quite frankly, I can't think of any other time I would have ever brought it up on the show. So, thank you for this topic, because it is time to get down to business with my boy, Gitaru Man. Track being called B-Jam Blues, composed originally by Coil, and the chorus in the song itself is sung by Brenda Vaughn. No relation. No, no, no Vaughn. <laughs> Vaughn. Vaughn. Everybody, there's a new king in town. Get ready. Mojo, 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 king.
Say yeah. That is something else for now. Yeah, I told you. I had to use the opportunity while I had it to bust out the B-Jam blues from Guitaru Man, composed by, or actually created and composed by Coil, with vocals and chorus by Brenda Vaughn. Mm. This track slaps. And if mm. you want to talk about stank face, we're talking all the cow pies <laughs> underneath your pillow overnight, <laughs> left out in the oh. sun. There's there's so much about this to love. There's so much about yeah. this to love. Like the the escalating, like it's 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 not escalating in key, but I feel like they keep adding more and more chorus to it, which fits the oh, game it's, it's from too. It's like great. it's they, it it's choreographed so well because in Guitaru or Guitaru Man, all the it actually is pronounced Guitaru Man. It's even as weird as it sounds, but um, all the skirmishes are basically one character battling against another character and. The main character is always playing guitar, but the opponent typically brings a specific genre with him. That's how they battle. That's their music style. So that's why there was like you notice the guitar was getting stronger yeah. as it played, because at first he's always on the defensive against the guy who's attacking him with blues and funk, and then eventually he's like you know. Oh, eventually you start playing a little harder, playing like a little little rougher to to adapt, and then you fight back. Yep, fight back with a funk. That's right. Take him down. Wow, and it's always funny because the character you're battling is like a, a like a blues singer in a giant <laughs> bee outfit. It's hysterical looking, and it's great. It's so good, ah, so good. That is that was good. One. Do you yeah. know? Are you? I don't know. I know like Pernell and I are really like our like our friendship is kind of rooted in rhythm games. But are, are you into any like music music games at all or anything like that? No, it's funny. I was just talking to my brother-in-law about this yesterday. And referenced, which we haven't even brought this up, how we met, we finally got to meet at MAGFest. Yeah. But um, but uh, I was just telling him, like, you know, I just never have gotten into any music-based game really at all. Like, um, like Guitar Hero never could, never really got into it. Even playing drums for, I think, Rock Band or Guitar mm-hmm. Hero 1, I was awful at it, which kind of hurt my ego a little bit. <laughs> um but then, like any other any other thing like that, like DDR or uh, like any of the arcade stuff, like I'm not gonna say you know when we did the rhythm that one rhythm game together at Mag that I didn't have any fun, but it's definitely not something that I'm thinking about later and be like, oh man, I need to do more of that. Like it's just for whatever reason, it just is isn't really my thing. Um, even though I play drums, you think it would they would go hand in hand, but it just hasn't for whatever reason. I've actually heard from a number of like musicians actually that. 
music games that intend to emulate actual instruments are harder for musicians who actually play those instruments to get into mm. for a number of reasons most likely maybe oh, that kind of makes sense to me though yeah yeah like, like, like you're expecting one thing but it's forcing you to do something different um, mm-hmm. and that's harder than just starting at zero yeah know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to wager that, and I used to think this, but I came to learn in the future that it's not the case, but chord transition on a guitar that is just five buttons on the neck isn't quite the same as guitar, you know, string transition on a, on a on an actual guitar that has like nine, eight strings or whatever yeah. on it and multiple like chord sections on the neck. I love how I'm saying words that may not actually be applied to guitar playing, but you get what I'm talking yeah, about. I feel like, like I was able to, to finish through the Fire and Flames and Guitar Hero. That's like my, my one of my greatest accomplishments in that game. That doesn't mean I can actually play that song on the guitar any better than I would have it before. It's like, yeah, I can play that that song in DDR, but that doesn't mean that I can actually dance. <laughs> and I can actually, I'm solid proof of that because I own a guitar that I got on, I purchased thinking, you know, my first of many midlife crises. And I was like, you know, I should better transition well on this. And I've been playing music games my whole life. I play guitar freaks and guitar hero. I'm like, Mary had a piece of crap, stupid guitar. <laughs> and that was that. But I will say that with dance games, though, they're actually, it depends on how you play them, but there's definitely a transition. Yeah. Like, yeah, not the way I play them. Because, like, <laughs> I'll play, like, Pump at the arcade, and I play both for the sense of rhythmic movement and also because I want to lose some weight. So I'll play the hard songs where you're basically just stomping very fast. But then every once in a while, like, I need to cool down. I'll pick a doubles track that's fairly easy-ish, and then the arrows will be where they are. And you can do that one of two ways. You can just hit the arrows, like, step, step, step. Or you can actually kind of fall into the music you're listening to and I, when I do this, I just start to naturally do what I perceive to be dancing motion. I've gotten people to stop and go, what's that guy doing? He's like, he's moving. One guy, last yesterday, started recording it. It's like, yo, check this dude out. He's moving. I hate that, man. I, I mean, I'm sure you're fine with it. I can't stand it when people are like, I'm going to get this guy on video. I'm like, it annoys me a little, <laughs> except for the fact that I'm like, get me out of your phone. The best way I look at it in the end is like, <laughs> it used to be like anxious about it. But in the end, I'm like, I'm, he's recording me doing what I'm doing already. It's basically the difference between someone watching me play it here or someone, if he, I don't think he does it, but if he puts it on YouTube, like, look at this guy do a 15. And someone's like, man, he's stomping a lot. I'm like, well, yeah, that's the video game. That's I don't a, know what you want to see, buddy. It is a video game. Um, but, yeah, but like, I think it's, there's definitely a transition, but the hiccup and where the divide is, similar to how playing Guitar Hero might make you go, okay, I'm understanding sounds and sound transition, but I need to translate it to guitar playing. Mm-hmm. There's a huge hurdle there being taught, okay, here's how there's a chord. Here's how you play this chord, and then here's how you translate between all these different chords. But with a dance game, however, if you're like, okay, I have enough rhythm to keep up with the actual pacing of a 14 or 15, now I just need to learn some moves. Yeah, now you gotta start playing 18s for now. Never. Yeah, play eighteens. <laughs> I played that fifteen and one to die. You gotta play Dream- my cat. Chase me by Dreamcatcher. <laughs> um, I, I can I can go ahead and confirm that. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking playing DDR versus actual dancing, oh, yeah. that's kind of comparable. Although I am kind of giggling internally at the the mental image 
of like somebody like clearing out everybody on the dance floor, like the dance circle, and somebody's like, "Oh, here he comes!" <laughs> and then like, and then like doing DDR dancing, like just just with little imaginary squares in front and and either side. I'm gonna tell you but, something. I gotta tell you something go about that though. That yeah. kind of works. I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell you why. So this was before DDR was ever even a thing, mind you. Growing up, I was always taught. That if you find yourself in a situation where you need to dance, don't quite have it. Though I'm not sure if I may just even just learn this myself. I believe my dad taught me this. But anyway, you can't fail with the two-step. Because as long as you have some sense of rhythm to what's playing, the two-step is actually dancing. It's bland dancing, yes. (laughs) But you won't look like a knucklehead doing the Elena on the dance floor (laughs) if you do the two-step. So That's exactly right. When I started playing DDR... My brain originally translated that to, this is the two-step. This is literally yeah. the two-step with four squares. So when I would go to parties as a like early early 20s and stuff, and I'd hang around with people who didn't know how to dance, and they were anxious about going out and hanging out with the friends on the dance floor, you know, all your friends would start dancing, and there's a wallflower. I was like, dude, just go out there and have fun. I was like, oh, dance. Okay. It's DDR, but it's the two-step. So if you need the place to put your feet so you're not stepping on anybody else's toes, think of the floor as the dance mat so that you have your actual, you know, square that you don't leave, more or less. Yeah. Then just know that you're doing one foot, then the other foot to the beat of the song. You don't have to necessarily step on the squares, just stay within your square. And out of nowhere, as long as you're feeling the music, you'll fit in just fine. And the chances are... 60% of the people are dancing worse than you are out there. <laughs> Why you're doing that? It works. True, true. Well, uh, to that end, the um, uh, remember DJ Hero with that weird controller? Oh, mercy with the dabber. It, yeah, actually, because they modeled the, the crossfader and, and the game itself was, was pretty close to how you would use it. I mean, although the game did a lot of work for you. Um, I had a really hard time with that game because I already had a lot of muscle memory in my fingers on using a crossfader. Mm. And so every time I went to use it, it was like it was too stiff and it, it forced you to move it in a certain way. Um, I had a hard time with it. And then at the later levels in the game, it wanted you to use the crossfader like you would actually be scratching and cutting. And um, you, I just I couldn't do it. I'm trying to use like four fingers on the thing and you can't. You can't. It was just we get stuck in the middle and um, it's a video game. So that, there you go. As a video yep. game, they they try they tried really hard, and I'm glad they did. But that that's too, that's too bad. Um, but we need to move on to one more track. Pernell, what do you know about the Philips CDI? I know that it sucked. What do you know about the Zelda games? I know that Philips that CDI? really sucked. <laughs> Have you heard the music of the Zelda games on the Philips CDI? I try to block those out. <laughs> um, this is a uh, Ganon's Lair passage. From Link, The Faces of Evil, on the Philips CDI, composed by Tony Trippi and William Havilasek. Hey, the four poor fool who got that far. Yeah, right. <laughs>
Okay, that was Ganon's Lair wow. Passage from Link, The Faces of Evil, on the Philips CDI, composed by Tony Trippi and William Havlicek. And yeah, I'll just keep it short. I, I really like orchestra hits. I like the uh, <laughs> I like the, the really cheesy guitar samples. The, the soundtrack is not great quality, like sound quality wise, but the um, but the comp- there's so much music in this game. Like they made an enormous soundtrack for this game, which is pretty awful. But um, but the music is cool. It's definitely a place and time of I guess it's like the the late '90s or maybe the mid '90s. Definitely early nineties. There's early early nineties. Yeah, it's it's something else. Um, all, it all has like this kind of cool, like old synth kind of sound to it, and especially this one right here. So I I like the orchestra hits, and I like at the end when like the drums kind of kind of change up a little bit. Kind of digging, digging, digging. Yeah, dig it. I'm like ooh ooh ooh, this is good. Um, I would have never thought of this. I, I watched the Game Grumps play through it, and it was really funny. They suffered through the entire game. The entire game. I'll, I'll, actually, every single Zelda game for the CDI they've played. Oh, Christ. And, and every time I'm watching it, I'm like listening to the music. And I'm like, wow, this is good. Like, I remember like, like, I remember back I in the... I will say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It was okay. Um, back in like the 90s, I was like the Concord Mall. God, I just dated my location. Anyway, points. I was at the mall, and... Um, I was leaving KB Toys, and in front of this Boscov store, there was actually a person working that worked at Boscov that was trying to sell people on the Philips CDI. So he was like trying to entice people that were leaving the toy store, like, "Hey, kid, do you like Nintendo?" And you're like, "Yeah." You read right over there, and he was like, "We don't have Nintendo, but we got that guy Link." <laughs> Check out this game he's in, and you're like trying to play this game. He's trying to really get you excited for like, even as a killer, this game sucks. Yeah, it's, this is not fun. He had the Zelda and the Link game. There's a reason why responsive controls are important, and I don't think it's something we analyzed as kids. But you get older, and you're like, "Ooh, you need to be able to understand where you are and how to move." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what were you gonna say, Cam? Well, it's just it doesn't. I mean, at least this track, out of context, it's like the least Zelda thing. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't evoke Zelda ness, which is. Very um, fitting. Go ahead. <laughs> it's very fitting. None of these games are very Zelda-y. Even the one where you actually yeah. play as Zelda, it's not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, there's that. I do like it, though. And and like you said, the... Like the, the weird, bad... The good, bad synthiness like, is kind of cool in its own way. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of... I kind of want to check out the rest of it. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth like poking around. It's very big. Like all the there's maybe 20, 30 songs. They're really? All, yeah, they're all mm. about a minute, maybe under a minute, and it's really worth taking a look. Just flipping through it on YouTube. Um, again, the sound quality isn't great, but that's just what you're going to get on the CDI. I guess that makes sense too, yeah. because in addition to the normal gameplay segments, one of the things we were trying to use to push it was their quote unquote CGI, yeah. which was not great. A lot, but. Of, a lot of really bad full motion video, which is also really worth looking up on YouTube. It's very funny. Um, and if you like really, really dumb, stupid potty humor, def- definitely go to the Game Grumps and check out oh, their playthrough. That's playthrough. me. That's me. It's very funny. Um, all right. So because this track is so short and a little crazy, I'm going to turn it down. And we're going to get into the part of our show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. This is not Zelda sound. The bonus round is where we play covers and arrangements and remixes on our theme. And our theme is about the stank face. Stank stank. So we're going to start. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with uh, Cam. Uh, you brought some, some something cool here. What you got? Yeah. Well, um, 
Okay, here's your edit point. I'm going to do something kind of weird, and you guys just play along with it. Okay, Okay, I got it. Like, okay. Okay, so this is, um, this is actually the theme from Turbo City Gaiden. And uh, it was composed by our own Shreddy Krueger, a.k.a. Justin Scott Harriger. And it gives me a stank face. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of, it's almost like a quality... Um, what descriptor to call something a stank face jam because you're saying it's good in effect, you know? So I feel like since I didn't write this one, I can, I can uh, say that without it being like a weird, you know, pat on the back Mm -hmm. because I had nothing to do with the composition of it, but it's done in a kind of a super Nintendo kind of way. I think um, if you got a sharp ear, you may hear samples from certain games that you might be able to pick out. Yeah. So um, I'll let, I'll, uh, I'll let y'all do that before I, because I don't even remember myself. I need to listen to it again, but uh, where some of the samples are from. But anyway, um, so I'm actually going to play it here from my phone, and uh, it's it's going to be great, and it's going to floor everybody. So are are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Yeah, do it. All right. Here here we go. Three, two, one. (laughs) Oh, my freaking God. I hate you so freaking much, this stupid freaking song. I hate it. I hate it. Where did you find this crap? Why did you get so bad in the first place? Oh, God. Like, that's a banger, right? <laughs> that is atrocious. Dude, it's so good. Shreddy uh, Kruger needs to be fired. That's amazing. <laughs> it needs to be fired. I was not expecting that. <laughs> he should be fired. You need to, you need to hire a like, genius. You know, Absolute just, genius. Time to hire and a Slasher good... Voorhees here. He, get, get, get the superior here. <laughs> like, he gave that to me, and I just I just patted his belly, that's, and I just gave him a treat. Oh. And, like, oh. we just we just played Frisbee for hours. Straight in the kennel. Oh, my gosh. Right to the kennel. <laughs> dig, digging holes in the backyard. Right to the that's kennel. Right. <laughs> Lock him All up. All right, for... All right, for real. This is uh, this is entitled Nebulae, and um, it was actually featured in a game called Forbidden Planet. It's kind of like a Metroidvania type game. Oh, okay. But more recently, it's become the theme to Turbo City Gaiden, which you, you can hear in the uh, in the intro. So yeah, right, let's check it out. I better not already barking. <laughs>
smokes. That was Nebulae, the theme of Turbo City Guide N, composed by Justin Scott Herger, Shreddy Kruger of the Mad Gear. That's right. Wow. There's I'm... no barking at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, if you ris- listen real close, you cannot hear barking. There's not. <laughs> um, yeah, it really gives me like this this um this feel of like the night streets of Streets of Rage mixed with Final Fight. It's got that that blend of cool, dark, gritty, fun. <laughs> yeah, I very much. Yeah, like and fun. But yeah, it really does have that combination of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't. I'm trying to remember like exactly when he presented this to us because it was before it was as turbo city guide in was kind of coming together but i don't think i and i was telling him telling the band you know in general that we needed music but i don't know if he brought it to me and be like hey man make this the theme or if if i asked him to do something specific or what but it was just he had written one that was that came before this it's featured elsewhere in the show that i thought worked pretty well but when i tried this one instead it just it just totally worked. And this was the first one that as a band, we were like, we have to quote unquote, cover this Mm. um, and do a live version. So if you go to our YouTube page, which is, you know, youtube.com slash the mag gear, you can find, if you just search nebula, you'll find us playing a live version of this at my house. Oh, cool. And uh, it came out, I mean, naturally it just came out a little bit more metal and we kind of joke around now that it sounds like stupefy by uh, disturbed. (laughs) <laughs> like the oh, wah, that one, I think. Like kind of, it, it kind of came across that way, and we kind of joke about it now. But, um, but yeah, man, it just evokes that feeling, and it's just got something about it, man. Like it just feels, like you said, like neon lights and kind of wet pavement, and you know, some some teeth on the street or whatever. But also dogs. fun. Hot dog eating contest. <laughs> yeah, hot dog. Just eating all the hot dogs, like maybe like blueberry pie. Oh yes. Too. Yeah, but you're yeah. like you're in the diner and you're looking outside and you see like Cody and Guy and they're like they're beating up like eight or nine different thugs and you're like, oh my god! But like, but you're still inside enjoying your pie. That's exactly right. Yeah. Speaking That's of exactly like, right. pancakes and fun, though, I just feel like I want to just bring this up. Speaking of pancakes, I can't and fun. wait. For, I can't wait for the tangent <laughs> episode. I swear. I swear. I swear. We need to get a guest for the tangent episode. I don't we know might, who it would yeah, be though. Uh, uh, but uh, I did. You guys hear about the recent IHOP pancake thing they're trying to do now for ce- breakfast cereals? IHOP breakfast cereal sounds breakfast about right. Breakfast cereal yeah. pancakes. They have like Lucky Charms pancakes. Oh, that wow. sounds good. It's so it bizarre does sound good. though. It's like a purple frosting. It's like covered Lucky Charms cereal. I got to say, I've never been to an IHOP, but I might have to now. <laughs> Dude, IHOP doesn't play. Like, <laughs> first of all, I'll just say people kind of give high, IHOP some some crap, but they know how to make pancakes, man. It is good. And so are their omelets. Their omelets are the, the to date myself, they're the bomb.com. They're the bomb.org, all right? Would you say like, they're totally they, awesome? Are they off I'd the chain? Say, they're totally magotally awesome. Like it, they <laughs> apparently they put they put uh, pancake batter in the omelet mix, Whoa. which to me is is kind of like mad scientist stuff. Mm-hmm. But it works. Yeah, I'm over saying, the sink laughing. <laughs> exactly. Rise the, my yeah. omelet. Rise. That's, oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> so I, fluffy. I, so yeah. Well, I thought that track. Was the bomb.co.uk. .co.io. .io. Um, Pernell, what is your bonus round track of the night? 
I got a little experimental on this one because I knew what I wanted to play, but I totally forgot about the whole two-track thing for guest episodes. So I was like, okay, I got to get this track in here, but I need a remix for it. So I found one. Oh, good. Here's the hope, and we all like it. (laughs) I like it, though. Um, This is from the game Kid Chameleon. It is the Funky Town Remix, and it's composed by Hyde209. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
staggered face. <laughs> mm. My that, face stinks so bad right now. That's right. I'm sniffing raw, rancid celery. That's what wow. I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from the game Kid Chameleon, known as the Funky Town Remix, composed or remixed by High 209. This track, it messed with me when I first heard it because... I mean, this is probably just how I am when this comes to this kind of stuff. But I felt like there was two two harmonies going, but they were slightly off. Like, they weren't completely, like, 100% layered over each other. And it was messing with me at first. But it all came together in a way where I was like, okay, I like this now. I really can get down with this. For those who are unfamiliar, this is the a remix of the city theme that mm. plays in the Kid Chameleon oh, City okay. stages. Yeah, yeah. So, and it already had a funky beat in and of itself. But this just kind of took it up to like an 11. I remember. It was four or five years ago when we were still living in the city. And you came over to our place and we were playing Kid Chameleon like on the 360. Like, like It was like a downloadable thing. That was on Genesis Collection. Oh, the Genesis Collection. And you just, you were like, it was like a master class in how to play Kid Chameleon. You were just destroying this game. So good. It was amazing. It's the uh, game where I learned the, the word plethora. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm switching it up. Um, this is still the same cover. I'm going to play what I originally picked for Pernell later. Um, but this is KK Disco um, from Animal Crossing, A New Leaf. This one is arranged and composed by Pixel T. And it was originally composed by KK Slider himself, Kasumi Totaka. Also, side note before you pause it, yeah. this is a, co- a conveniently timed track because as people are listening to this episode, they may well be standing in line to pick up the new Animal Crossing <laughs> yeah. on mm. Thursday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you might be standing in line listening to our episode to listen to this track. <laughs> only, the true f- only the true fans lick the cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. A slurp.
Okay, that is KK Disco from Animal Crossing A New Leaf by Pixel T, composed by Kasumi Totaka. And it is done up in the uh, the J-pop, uh, J-funk, city pop style. With so a dose being, of everybody wanting to rule the world. Yeah, I don't know how that got in there, but it worked. It worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to explore more of Pixel T's tunes. And if you'd like to hear more from the artists on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to band camps and sound clouds and, every, and their web pages everywhere we can go online, download the music, buy the music, and support these great artists. <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us on um, the season, the season premiere of oh. world, oh. world premiere, or not world, world premiere of World Twenty Two, Twenty Two Dash One of Rhythm and Pixels, Stank Face Jams. If you can name a game that's gone beyond twenty two worlds, <laughs> I'd love to hear it. And uh, thank you, Bruce Irons, Cam, for hanging out with us and doing this oh, thing. Happy to be here, man. It's always a great time. Glad y'all. Glad y'all. Had some time for me. Oh, we always got time for you, man. You're a great guest and a great friend. Yeah, thanks for making time with us. Um, can you tell our listeners again where they could find you, the Mad Gear, and everything about Turbo City Guide In? Sure. Uh, MadGearBand.com is the easiest way to find everything. Plus, I think, Rob, you can attest uh, that we've got the sickest website ever. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Um, a lot of GIFs. Um, a, a lot of a lot of toughness and badness going on at MadGearBand.com, but otherwise you can find us um, just as easily on uh, pretty much all the things you would expect. Bandcamp is MadGearBand, uh, the MadGear slash BandCamp.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, which we don't really use that much, mm-hmm. and uh, Kickstarter. And um, so obviously you can just Google any at Facebook MadGearBand and and find us pretty easily. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about Rhythm and Pixels um, and you want to say hi to us, if you have a track suggestion, if you have a topic suggestion. You have um, a meme bean recipe? If you have a meme mm. bean recipe. Mm. <laughs> mm, that could be spicy. It could be interesting. This is fun. Spicy, <laughs> spicy memes for a spicy soup. Um, <laughs> uh, send us an email. RhythmandPixels at Hotmail.com. And for more information about the show, a full track listings from all, our epi- all of our episodes, and access to every episode, because on our feed, for some reason, doesn't go back that far, and I just haven't wanted to deal with it, go to the website. RhythmandPixels.com. Well, we just did a redesign of the website, um, and it's going to go through some changes for a little while. I'm re- changes? Change! It's going to do a whole bunch of... It's going to transform... Into like, a bumble car, like Optimus Prime. What the heck is a bumble car? It's gonna turn into a <laughs> to a sixteen wheeler, take over the world. Um, that's what Optimus Prime did. Anyway, check that out. Go to YouTube.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels, where we still have our twenty four seven, eight bit and sixteen bit radio station. Um, just playing all day, all night long, sixteen bit and eight bit classics and deep cuts. A lot of deep cuts, really. Very eclectic. Um, it's going on all day long, sitting right there to, to the right of Purnell behind a door. That's right. <laughs> just, just. Just pumping guarded up by th- guarded by nothing but three riddles. Yeah, and then um, if you want to support the show, just tell people about it. You know, if you like what you're listening, tell say, hey, I like video game music, and also Robin Purnell are cool. Bake it into a banana cream pie. And, Can't uh, go wrong with that. If they don't believe you, send them my way, and we'll talk to them, and we'll say, yeah, I know this guy. He's cool. 
and we'll vouch for you. That's right. Yeah. That's true. We'll even give them a banana cream and pie. And if you're in trouble and you need an alibi, let us know. We can I'll help give with that. With a banana cream pie. And if you're hungry, we can give you a... Well, we can give you an alibi. At least. <laughs> Ten banana cream pies! <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels, and you can help us out there. Um, and as a member of our Patreon, you get um, access to um, bonus episodes every week, a little prequel episode the day before the, the shows come out. So it, we have guests. We kind of do like a little, little talk with the guests ahead of time. A little preamble. I, I kind of record without them knowing it, and it's fantastic. And you can also get epi- you can also get access to um, monthly live streams of us recording an episode once a month. And you get take part in that. That's a lot of fun. Patreon music suggestions. Yeah, and suggest some music for those episodes as well. And we'll be better about announcing it <laughs> one day. Oh, which reminds me. We should do that now. Um, well, let, me, let, me, let, let, me, let me get through the end of this, ah, this list here. Ah. All right, what's what's this month for now? <sighs> I was trying to get it out. Yes. yes. Um, this episode, this month's um, Patreon type track type is basically Lucky Jams. The Lucky Jams. That's right. And you want me to explain it? I'm not going to. It's left up to interpretation. But Lucky Jams, mm-hmm. do with what you like. Send us. And use that testimonial yeah. to give us the deets. Send us an email. Send us a Facebook message. I don't care how you send it to us. We'll see it. We'll see it eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we also like to thank all of our Patreon members at the end of every episode. That Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Johan Perez, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Salkova, Andreas Merlberg, Dan Lauten. Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson of One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos, Car- Carlos, <laughs> Carlos, 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 get off your feet, Carlos, Kung, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, who also uh, worked on um, Turbo City Gaiden, which is fantastic. That's right, Ooh. that's right. He helped out with some of the art. Uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Brian Pitt, Chris Murray, a new Patreon member, Buttsbo. Uh, we also have Hammock. Hammock! From KVGM, The Last Wave. We have Bruce Irons. From the huh? Ma- <laughs> Bruce Irons from the Mad Gear. That's him. That's him. <laughs> um, we also have Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. That's not him. Another great podcast. <laughs> um, Alexander Proudfoot. We have Davy Cakes. We have The Dude or Das Dude. Uh, we have The Last Weekend or Das Last Weekend. Bedroth, Kitsurito, Solus Sanctuary, Mix Six Master, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasalo. Okay, Impala. Okay, Impala. Okay, Impala. Uh, that's a lot okay, of okay, Impala. Okay, Impala. Uh, Chris Sinerson, Alex the Messenger, Messenger of the Messenger Presents a VGM Journey, another excellent podcast. And David Smith, thank you all very much for your continued support of our little program. Actually, I think David Taylor's new too. We got two new members. Uh, did I miss David Taylor? Now you said his name, but I oh, think yeah. he's new. Dave Taylor is new. Dave Taylor, Dave Taylor, Dave Taylor. I think we said somewhere we would say their name multiple times. Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor. <laughs> we even got a guest. Dave the Tool Man Taylor. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, got, wow, that's royalty on our show. <laughs> I mean, thank you all very, very, very much for your continued support of the show. It really keeps us going. It, it supports everything that we're doing here, and it, it makes us want to keep doing more and do better. It's genuinely um, at, a fun every time. Week, every week without yeah. fail. So. Um, thank you all so much. Um, I'm not exactly sure what we have planned next week. We might have a guest next week, um, although it's kind of short notice. But um, that's it. I want to thanks thank you again to Bruce Irons of the Mad Gear. Thank you. Yep, yep. 
And, yep. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, we'll see you next week. Thanks for wa- thanks for watching. <laughs> watching where? How? <laughs> what? And be, and be good to each other. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> rewind back to the first ten minutes of the episode for this segment of the show. <laughs> That's how we're gonna play it. Yeah. I love it. And remember. Um, we'll have a timestamp in the uh, YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody.